Thank you for that song. Take your Bibles this morning, if you would. And some of you are probably like me. The way you feel this morning, the only way we can be here is through the power of Christ, right? And so take your Bibles, if you would. Go with me to Mark chapter 14. And if you're able to, let's stand for the reading of God's Word this morning. Our theme this year has been to magnify the Lord. We want to try to do that in every area of our lives. And, of course, every month we're focusing a little different area. And, of course, these are all biblical principles that we find this month. We are focusing on magnifying sacrifice. And so we, God brings us this morning to Mark chapter 14, beginning in verse number 1. The Bible says, after two days was the feast of the Passover and of unleavened bread. And the chief priest and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death. But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, and she brake the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me, for ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will, ye may do them good, but me ye have not always. She hath done what she could. She has come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. And so this morning I've entitled our message, Do What You Can. We see in this passage a woman that did what she could. And I believe God would have each one of us to do what we can. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Pray that you'd bless your word. Lord, help me this morning to get out of the way, Lord, that whatever you would have for these dear folks to hear, God, that it would be so, and that we would have the same spirit of this woman that we read about. God, may our love for you be expressed in a way that is pleasing to you, and we ask all this in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. One of life's greatest joys is to be loved. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I, I really believe that everyone wants to be loved. We also think about how that life would be so empty unless we had the way, uh, and of course we can choose many different ways, but I think it's a privilege, like this woman we read about this morning, the privilege was hers to express her love for someone that she loved so very much. In our passage, we see a woman who loved the Lord, and I really believe that the reason she expressed it the way she did, those same sentiments, Amy Carmichael said, you can give without loving, 
but you cannot love without giving. Now, the reason I think she loved him so much was because he loved her. I hope you know this morning God loves you. The Bible says in 1 John 4, we love him because he first loved us. While we were unlovely, while there was nothing special about us, the Bible says God so loved the world. God loves all of us today. And when we, like Mary, come to understand the love of God, that love of His should provoke us to reciprocate His love that He has extended to us to others, especially those that love us and those that we love. Now, God's love is special because the love that He has for us and His grace is actually what leads in our lives And His love and grace lead us to where the law never could. You see, I find that God's love transcends the law because of what the Lord has done. Listen, I hope you can just uh, maybe take a few minutes today sometime and think about all the things that God has done for you. There's Joyce Chins in the facility, the skills facility that she is. And even with not having all of her faculties... She understands that God is good all the time. And I hope that is something that resonates in your life, and that is something that Mary thought about. Mary thought back to the times that Jesus had done something special in her life. She never forgot about all the things that he had done for her. And here in this passage today, we find her expressing gratitude in a way that was shocking to some but it was inspiring to others. And I know that in my life and yours, that when we express our love to the Lord and for the Lord, that it will shock some, but it will inspire others around us. That is what she did. Now, notice in verse number one, the Bible says, after two days was the feast of the Passover and of unleavened bread, and the chief priest And scribes sought how they might take him, talking about Jesus, notice the word here, by craft, and put him to death. The the word craft means that they were trying to figure out a way, a a tricky way, a way uh, deceitfully to get rid of Jesus. The Bible describes it as the chief priests and scribes. These were the religious elite of the day. These were people that should have been loving on Jesus, but yet the Bible says they were trying to get rid of Jesus. There are many today that want nothing to do with the Lord. They wanted to rid themselves and rid their world of this one named Jesus. And so the Bible says that Mark here writing describes how that They were plotting. They were trying to figure out a way deceitfully that they could get rid of Jesus. And we see the meeting of the chief priests and the scribes, but there's another meeting that is described here in Mark chapter 14. And it's not with the religious people. It's actually with a woman by the name of Mary and the Lord Jesus. And it's this meeting that we want to focus on this morning. Because the meeting between Mary and Jesus was an obvious display of love 
and devotion. Because the Bible says that Mary gave something to the Lord, something that was very precious. She gave it sacrificially. And I want you to see her sacrificial love was complete. Now going back to our Bible in chapter 14, the Bible says that it was they, they, they did not want to do this because of the feast day. They didn't want to cause an uproar, verse number two, of the people. Seems like they, had, they were a respecter of the people, but they were not a respecter of God. And so in verse three, it says, Being in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard very precious, and she break the box and poured it on his head. Now, it seems to me like from the text that Mary went to great lengths to do this, this sacrificial act to the Lord Jesus Christ, and the things that she did would have been considered unusual. Notice in John's account, chapter 12, then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Now, John mentions that she touched his feet, which was actually something that was beneath the common person. I mean, feet were not considered, a, they walked, there was a dust, and they considered the dust defiles. Most people would not touch the feet, and and the Bible says not only did she anoint the feet, but she wiped his feet with her hair. That's unusual. Because in their society, a respectable woman would not unbind her hair, especially in public. But she did what she did because she was expressing her love. And as she did that, it displayed a selflessness on Mary's part and a humility. The Bible says she took this very precious ointment and she poured it out on the Lord. I love how the, the text indicates that she did it not worrying about what other people thought. The only thing that mattered to her was what Jesus thought. And if you came to church this morning or you're watching this morning, listen, it's not what other people think or who saw us at church, or that we checked this off of our list. What's important is, what does the Lord think? And the Bible says here that Jesus saw what she did. They, they did not regard what she did, but he did. Now, uh, this is a very poor representation of what maybe Mary had that day. This is a, what many would consider like some type of a container, maybe a small vase, or depending on where you come from, a vase. But it is something that is made to hold a liquid. Now, there's nothing expensive in here, so don't come try to take it. It's water. But for sake of illustration, these... The Bible mentions a box of spikenard, ointment. Now, 
The word there, box, many times in my mind, box, I think of something square. When you study it out, it was, it could be like a flask type container, could be something shaped like this, something like you see on the screen, but nonetheless, it was made to hold an expensive fragrance. And so these were made many times out of what the Bible identifies as alabaster. It was kind of a marble stone type of a material. The reason that they would use the alabaster is because it was something that was workable. They could drill down into it, creating where they could put something in it, and then they would maybe carve a piece that they could put in the top of it, that it would hold some type of a fragrance. And so in Bible times, when a woman were to come of age, in other words, she was considered a woman, they would give her, the family, the father would give her this alabaster box with this fragrance, with this spikenard in it. Sometimes it's, it's referred to as, you take off the word spike, it's actually referred to as nard. And they would, she would receive this. Now, depending on the wealth of the family, determine maybe how big the box, the container was, or how much was put in it. What I found was interesting is, is that the alabaster, even though it's kind of a stone or marble type material, it's porous. And so they would give this to the daughter, and what they would do is they would, they would put a seal on it. So it was sealed, and it, that seal was to stay intact. It was not to be opened. You say, well, what use was it? Because the, the alabaster was porous, and it would actually emit the fragrance through the pores of the container. They claim that many of these would last almost the entire lifetime of the woman. So in other words, it wasn't meant... To be open. It was a precious thing for a woman to receive this. It was actually part of the dowry that went along with the marriage. And the Bible says Mary had one of these. She had it. Now, it was hers. It had been given to her with love. It meant a lot to her. It was worth a lot of money. The Bible says, look at verse number five. It says, for it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and had been given to the poor, and they murmured against her. Now, a pence is like a penny, a denarii. And a penny, a pence, is what people work for all day. So 300 pence is 300 days labor worth is how valuable. If you remember when they fed the 5,000, they had 200 penny worth, and they said that's not enough to feed the entire crowd. But they said what Mary had in that alabaster box was worth an entire year's wages. It was very costly. And the Bible says that this was hers. The box that it was in and what was in it were very valuable. They were valuable to her. They meant a lot to her. 
the gift that she had and the manner in which Mary gave it to Jesus, you know what it shows? It shows that Mary viewed Jesus as something more than a house guest. She viewed him as her Lord and as her God. That was customary when somebody would come into their house that someone, many times a servant, would clean the feet. Maybe some of you in your home, we have some friends. Of course, we've been to Hawaii a few times. There are certain parts of the world and country where, where people, they, they have you take your shoes off when you come into the house. And it was customary in this day to wash the feet. But see, Mary didn't look at Jesus as just a house guest. She viewed him so much more than that. Somebody said, complete love completely loves. Now think about that for a minute. The Bible says she had that alabaster box. She broke it and she gave it completely. Now, a lot of times when we read the Bible, and I think we need to read it and ask God to help us to understand it, but the word break is an interesting word because we think a lot of times that she smashed this. Well, if she smashed it, if she broke it, it'd be kind of hard for her to pour it over his head. What she did was she broke the seal so that she could then pour the contents of this on the Lord Jesus. She gave it sacrificially. It was hers, but yet she loved him so much. And what I want you to get a hold of this morning is, it is this type of attitude, sacrificial love, that Christ wants to see in all of us. That we would be willing to give to him. Jesus, when he sent his disciples out, the twelve, they were kind of thinking to themselves, and you know, if you were going to take a trip, you would pack a suitcase. You would start to think, oh, I'm going to be there this many days. I need this many outfits. I need this many undergarments. I need this. I need my toiletries, whatever it is. You would pack a bag. Jesus started to send them out, and they were just like us. They were starting to think, well, oh, don't we need this, and shouldn't we take this? Jesus said some interesting words to his disciples, and I want you to listen to him, listen to this. Jesus said to his disciples, freely have you received, freely give. You know what that verse reminds me of? We came into this world with nothing. And everything we have is from the good hand of God. Jesus had it right, and that was the spirit of Mary. And you and I, listen, we may not have a box with spike nerd in it. But can I just say that every one of us are responsible for doing what we can with what we have. We can freely give of ourselves. You know what God wants this morning? God wants you. See, I think that Jesus loved the expression that Mary gave. But I think it was way more than that fragrance. I think it was the fragrance of her life that he loved. Notice her love, her sacrificial love was complete. She gave, she did what she could. But notice that as she did, her sacrificial love was contested. Look at verse number four 
again. The Bible says, And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? (laughs) The next verse again says, They talk about how much it could have been sold for and given to the poor, and they murmured against her. Now these are the sentiments of one by the name of Judas Iscariot. Judas acted like he, he cared about the poor. Listen, the only person that Judas cared about was Judas. And here they are, they're, they're doing absolutely nothing for the Lord. But can I tell you that when I think of what Mary did, when someone loves the Lord, as we love them, it's not a chore to give, it's actually a joy to give to the Lord. If you, how many of you love the Lord this morning? Listen, we love Him. Again, why? Because He first loved us. It's not a chore to give. In verse number 6, the Bible says, Jesus was touched by the gift that she gave to him. And the Bible says, look at this. He says uh, in verse number six, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. But there were some in the room, some in the house that day. They weren't happy. I mean, sometimes we give and, and, and as we give to the Lord, there are people when they find out and they're like, I can't believe you give that much to the church. I, I can't believe you, you were to give that much. By the way, we don't give to the church. We give to the Lord through the church. But there are people that are always going to criticize. Can I remind you again? It's all his anyway. But we've been talking about stewardship. I mean, Mary, Mary received this from her parents. It was never hers. It was given to her. And Jesus said, look, let her alone. Because she recognized something that you do not recognize. She knows who I am. And they were criticizing her. And people that will criticize us, what are they trying to do through their criticism? They're trying to bring us down. James says it this way, grudge not one against another. The word grudge there is a synonym of the word murmur that you find here in the passage. He says, grudge not one against another, brethren. Notice brethren. This is Christians, family. He says, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. You know what Mary got for this sacrificial love that she expressed to Jesus? She got backlash. People criticizing what she did. Judas says, what a waste. Listen, everything we do for the Lord, it's never a waste. She loved the Lord so much. She cared about what he had done for her. This world that we live in, they might know the cost of things, but they don't know the value of things. Look at this verse God showed me this week. Deuteronomy 15, verse 10. Look at it. Thou shalt surely give him. And thine heart shall not be grieved when thou givest unto him, because that for this thing, for thy giving to the Lord thy God, notice God shall bless thee in all thy works and in all that thou puttest thine hand unto. Hey, listen, don't worry about hanging on to your wallet, your checkbook. God's not after your money. God wants you. And when God gets you, guess what he gets? He gets everything that you have and everything that you ever will be. 
Jesus was pleased. But there were some that were not pleased with what Mary did. But notice her sacrificial love was commended by Jesus. Jesus said, let her alone. Look at verse number 7. He says, ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye may, ye may do good to them. But he says, me ye have not always. See, Jesus again was indicating, I'm not going to be here forever. I didn't come here to stay. He says, I came here to give my life. Verse number 8, she hath done what she could. She came aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. As she was being murmured against, people were criticizing her for what she did. You know what Mary did in retaliation? Nothing. She didn't say anything. The Bible doesn't indicate that she responded, she spoke back, she reviled back at them, she she didn't say anything, she kept her silence. The Bible says in Proverbs 17, even a fool when he holdeth his peace is counted wise. And he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. Mary understood what she did. And Jesus gave confirmation of it. Spikenard was, was very fragrant. I mean, when she broke that in the house that day, that fragrance filled the room. But the Bible tells us, and of course you study some of their customs, and of course they didn't have the embalming techniques that they do nowadays. This was something that also was used to prepare a body for burial. And Jesus indicates that. She came aforehand to anoint my body to the burial. She understood something that even the disciples of the Lord, Jesus had repeatedly told them how that he was going to give his life so that they could have eternal life. He didn't understand, or they didn't understand what Jesus had told them time and time again. But somehow Mary understood it. Mary got it. She came and anointed him. And again, Jesus was really expressing this, that what she did and what we do for him is never a waste. There's a story in the Gospel of John where there were a lot of people that were following Jesus one day. This whole crowd is following the Lord. They've been with him for quite a while, and they don't have anything to eat. The disciples start this conversation about they have some money, but it's what is that among so many? And one of the disciples says, well, there's a lad. Look at it. There's a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? Now, what you don't see, but yet I, I do believe happened, is you don't see where the Bible says that the little boy handed his lunch over, but yet I don't think that they took it out of the boy's hand. I believe he gave it. I believe they saw his lunch and they asked if the Lord could have it. I believe he gave it to the Lord that day. And the Bible says in that same passage in verse Number 11, Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When I think of what that boy did, I think about my life, how God, listen, God will take what we offer to him. 
You know what Mary did? Mary did what she could. Are you doing what you can with what you have? That little boy just had a little lunch, but we're still talking about it to this very day. God can take the little, and he can do so much with it. See, her sacrificial love was commended by the Lord. She had done a good work, Jesus said. But then notice this last thing, and I love this, how her sacrificial love was commemorated. Look at verse number 9 again. Jesus said, verily, and another word that is very similar to that is the word truly. In other words, this is a truth. He says, I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. Wow. That's, that's a commemoration. I mean, what Jesus said there in verse number 9 gives me the understanding that this was going to extend way beyond his crucifixion and way beyond his resurrection. Warren Wearsby said about Mary and what she did, he said, when Mary gave her best at the feet of Jesus, she started a wave of blessing that has been going on ever since. She was a blessing to Jesus as she shared her love, and she was a blessing to her home as the fragrance spread Were it not for Mary, think about this, her village, Bethany, would probably have been forgotten. The account of her deed was a blessing to the early church that heard about it. And because of the records in three of the Gospels, Mary has been a blessing to the whole world and still is. And so when you notice there what Jesus said in verse number 9, the Lord's prediction has certainly been fulfilled. I look at this passage this morning, and one thing I realized as I studied it, and God really smote me, was Mary loved the Lord completely. Completely. She broke it. She did what she could. And when I think about what she did, it causes me to think, will my love for Jesus provoke me to sacrifice as I can. Some of you have heard the name Fanny Crosby. Fanny Crosby was born in Brewster, New York on March 24, 1820. Fanny became blind at the age of six weeks. Due to her disability, she struggled to write legibly. As an adult, she became a teacher at a blind school. While teaching in that school, she met and later married her husband and eventually gave birth to a daughter they named Frances, who died in infancy. Many believe that it was what we call today SIDS, but back then it was not named that. As her daughter passed, they did an interview with her and she said these words I became a mother and I knew a mother's love God gave us a tender babe but the angels came down and took our infant up to God into his throne 
Throughout her life, Fanny was a passionate supporter of missionary work in the United States, especially in the slums where she lived in the latter years of her life. She was a strong supporter of abolition of slavery. She is best remembered for nearly 9,000 lyrics for hymns. Some of those hymns we know. Songs like Blessed Assurance, To God Be the Glory, All the Way My Savior Leads Me. One of Crosby's goals, think of this, she's blind from six weeks. One of her goals was to win a million people to Christ through her hymns. As she wrote those words to those hymns, Fanny's way she would do it is she would take those lyrics and she would pray over them. She would ask God to bring men and women to him through those words. Even though Fanny Crosby is best remembered for her hymn writing, she's preferred to be remembered for her missionary work. She once wrote about her blindness, and these are the words that she said. And I want you to think about this in your life and how blessed you are. Fanny said, it seemed intended by the blessed providence of God that I should be blind all my life. I thank him for the dispensation. If perfect earthly sight were offered to me tomorrow, I would not accept it. I might not have sung hymns to the praise of God if I had been distracted by the beautiful and interesting things about me. What a spirit. What an attitude. What a love for the Lord. They said that Fanny was never one for fanfare, and after her death, on February the 12th, 1915, that her family erected this small tombstone in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And if you notice the words on her tombstone are the very words that we looked at this morning from Mark 14:8. She hath done what she could. And God is asking you today, are you doing what you can for the Lord? Would you bow your heads this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed? Listen, people are going to criticize us for loving the Lord, even for giving sacrificially. But remember, when you love someone, it's a joy to give. And the message this morning is not about money. The message this morning is, are you giving yourself to the Lord? You see, that's what Mary did. Mary gave. She did what she could. And God's asking you today, are you doing what you can for me? Let's stand to our feet this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. As Brother Kenny leads us in a song of invitation, the altar's open this morning as he sings. Would you come this morning? Say, Lord, help me to do what I can for you. All to Jesus. Why don't you come today and say, Lord, I'm blessed. I am so blessed. And God, I just want you to know how much I love you. 
Some of you may want to make some commitments to the Lord. <coughs> Not on a piece of paper, a commitment in your heart. Lord, I surrender. Mary's act was selfless. It was an act of humility. Why does it have to be that God has to humble us before we will sacrifice to him? All to Jesus. She completely loved the Lord. Would you come this morning? You know the song and you want to sing it with Brother Kenny. Lord, this week I sat and thought about when you went into Simon's house that day. There were all kinds of people there. Certainly there were people that knew the scriptures, the scribes and the chief priests. Instead of recognizing who you were, they were trying to figure out how to get rid of you. Even the disciples didn't understand when you had told them that you came so that they could have eternal life. You were going to the cross. They didn't get it. How many times, Lord, you show us something and we just don't see it? May the Holy Spirit open our spiritual eyes to see you the way Mary saw you. And God, may we do what you would call a good work on you and for you. Thank you for going to Calvary and thank you for giving yourself so that we could have a home in heaven someday. If we love you, we should express that love. So we have no regrets. Thank you for loving us first in Jesus' name.